Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Is Tom Brady really a good fit for Bruce Arians' offense? And why hasn't he signed yet? Is there a market for Jameis Winston? It looks like a flat line. We'll tell you why. And some player movement as well. Nick Foles to the Bears. Chase Daniel to the Lions. Jeff Driscoll to Denver. And Cam Newton to nowhere. We've got all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, as we get started here... um, not not to uh you know arouse any kind of i don't know superstition nervousness angst if you will um but you probably have noticed that Tom Brady did not sign <laughs> should i At be least, nervous i don't know because i you know there's we're still at the altar as Hugh Coverhouse said but for the record there's no honeymoon but we are waiting um for Brady to complete that contract there has not been any any chance any change in terms of his you know desire to play here. Um, we're told that it's some language in the contract, but more more importantly, well, this is going to be a discussion on this podcast. It's because after the coronavirus, the NFL put down some rules with respect to player visits, and in as much as you can't have any. So when you sign a player. Um, you know, typically what that player would do, we would have had a big press conference today. They would have gotten Brady on a mm-hmm. private jet with Giselle or whoever wanted to come. Um, they would have had their doctors ready to give him a physical when he got here. Then they would have marched him out, you know, into the auditorium for the big national news conference. And that didn't happen. And it can't happen because we live in a new world order. And so instead, um, you know, they're, they're still negotiating some language uh, from what I understand, Mike Greenberg, the Bucks, uh, you know, uh, administrator, football administration guy, and then who does all all the negotiations, all the all the contracts, and then, uh, you know, the agent, essentially Brady's agent. But at some point, Brady has to find an independent doctor to give him a physical uh, before he can sign that contract, and it's got to be got to get the obviously the clean bill of health. So think about this. Like with, with all the health w- workers that are being stressed right now for coronavirus, it's kind of hard to say, "Hey, drop what you're doing." Now, I know that not every doctor is working, you know, in hospitals or or you know diagnosing people with tests for coronavirus, but um, you are asking them to uh, you know to put you through a through a physical so that you can then um, you know sign the deal. But he has not or was not able to get that physical, I guess. At least as we tape this podcast, you know, on Wednesday night, we haven't heard word that he has come aboard. You know, Giselle, his wife, posted on Instagram a kind of a farewell to their friends and you know, how their kids were born here, et cetera, et cetera. She talked a lot about Boston, did not mention where he was going, did not mention Tampa. And so they're up on the rule as well. Um, but the new league year began at 4 o'clock, and teams were able to, you know, at least – you know, sort of, well, they, well, they couldn't, they couldn't, it was funny. Like 
let me let me give you an example of what Arizona did. So they're unable to 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 release the fact that they have agreed to terms with a player because that contract is pending a physical that that player can't take. And yet, um, you have teams like the Arizona Cardinals. This is I'm going to read this. This is actually an actual uh, from Twitter of the Arizona Cardinals. As many may know, NFL policy currently prohibits teams from making any official announcements. It does allow us to pass along media reports. And according to multiple reports, we have acquired wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins via trade with the Houston, uh, Houston Texans. Like, what reports? You and know, no, like, and no credit to the reporter. The no, no attribution whatsoever, but also... You just, I guess we'll take your word for it. There were multiple reports. We have reports. So you're reporting there's reports, and therefore, without any transparency at all, just saying, yeah, we're kind of like, we're going to skate around this one a little bit here. We're going to put it out, but we're going to say there's reports. Well, if they're reporting the reports, can I use that as confirmation? Apparently. And no longer have to say reports? You could say it's the reports have been reported and confirmed by Arizona, which... That means they're confirming, which is what they can't do. Um, they're, they're violating the spirit of the rule. The Bucks have not done that, however. And, you know, start your anxiety now. You know, get your stress. Uh, what, what do you do with those things you hold in your hand? Um, stress ball, you squeeze. Stress, or the, you squeeze the, the uh, ball. or you. What else they got? I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there's a bunch. Yeah, there's several things. There's a bunch of yeah. things you can do. Unfortunately, um, you have to do whatever's in your house because you can't go out and get one. Right. You can't leave the house. That's right. Seems that way anyway. This is really screwing things up, not not just because you can't have the big press conference and all that, but the delays are going to be real. And, you know, it's absolutely going to affect some things that, uh, you know, free agency going forward. Um which way do you want to go? I mean, I have, I have two topics I want to hit on today fairly fairly hard. One is, what the hell has happened to Jameis Winston's market? It's gone. Well, as far I, as, I think there's as far as we things. know, it hasn't developed. Well, yeah, yeah. as far as we know, we've seen some backup quarterbacks even sign around the league. Especially that. Mm-hmm. You know, now Jacksonville may have an opening. They do now they because Nick Foles. Foles. Yep. Was traded to the Bears, right? Right. But, you know, or, or is Gardner Minshew their starter now? Or are they going to bring in competition or bring in a starter? A guy. Yeah. You know, Washington may be looking for a quarterback. Well, to back up Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. Or new coach, is Dwayne Haskins not going to start? It's possible. I mean, they could pull in Arizona, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. in the sense. But I don't know. Again, I, I – we can't find, when I say we, like most people in the media can't find a market in, for Jameis. And this was always going to be the case with respect to a starting market. The, you know, the Chargers have come out and said, believe them or not, they're not going to sign a quarterback. They're, t- they're going with Tyrod Taylor, and we know they're going to draft somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Jordan Love, somebody like that. They want to spread the offense, run it. You can, you can say that's a bunch of bunk, but it looks like that's what they're doing. So, you know. You're, you've got more quarterbacks than you have jobs, and that was always going to be the case. And that's why, you know, when guys like Philip Rivers goes to Indianapolis, and um, you know, you, you start having these these deals done with, you know, Tom Brady coming to Tampa Bay and Teddy Bridgewater going to Carolina, all of a sudden, you know, it's last man standing. But there's more than one guy, and and not many jobs. 
that that don't don't either have a quarterback or in position to draft one pretty high up. So, you know, James is going to have to wait, and the market will settle at some point, and then there'll be some jobs where maybe he can come in and at least compete or maybe back up a veteran. Um, well, but if his, you know, we don't know what New England's going to do yet. Okay, well, can I just eliminate Jameis? I'm not saying I'm not saying Jameis, but but that could affect where he could go if New England New England trades for say they they trade for Jacoby Brissett, yeah, or Andy Dalton. There you go. You want someone to to back up Joe Burrow and help and yeah and be there. Um, Yeah. If if they trade for Cam Newton, Mm -hmm. let's say, or if Cam Newton's cut and, and New England picks him up, maybe Washington's looking for a quarterback because there's there's thought that maybe. Cam Newton goes to Washington to help his old coach Ron yeah. Rivera. I right. don't know what Ron Rivera thinks of Cam Newton, but yeah. you know, but so what New England does, what a few other teams do can affect what the market for Jameis is as well. Right, but it, I guess I can't find a starting job for him. I, I can't. And regardless of, of whether he goes as a starter or as a backup, he's in nowhere's bill. I mean, Cam Newton is right there with him, only worse because no one's going to, first of all, no one's going to trade for Cam Newton at $19 million, okay? They haven't seen him play in a year. But you're not even going to sign the guy unless he, he can come to you or you can go to him and, and really examine this guy's shoulder, the Liz Frank injury that he had, which prohibits him from movement. Mm-hmm. He was never the best thrower. I mean, you know, he did a lot of that stuff, you know, on the run or um, – you know, he made plays with his feet, and he was he was a guy that you didn't account for. You know, most defenses don't account for the quarterback. He was their best short yardage back. He was their best goal line back. I mean, he did some amazing, amazing things. Um, you know, but I don't know. It 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 just it it looks like he's stuck because of the nineteen million dollars for starters, and people can't they can't check him out, and you can't get on an airplane which means no one's going to trade for the guy. They're going to have to release him at some point because, first of all, no one's giving $19 million, and then he won't find a job until he can travel somewhere and prove to them that he's not hurt. And this is what's killing Jameis, too. That secondary backup market, even though we've talked about guys like Nick Foles and Chase Daniels and Driscoll have gone ahead of them, Marcus Mariota is another guy you know, that went ahead of Jameis in, in Oakland or in um, Las Vegas. And so... Where does it leave him? I, I can't find a job that he's going to start. I can't. I can find a couple where he could back up a wobbly starter, maybe, or compete with Garner Minshew, you know, which, by the way, they're not going to, that's not their quarterback, is it? I mean, is Jacksonville just saying, hey, you know, we're getting rid of everybody? <laughs> Calais Campbell, I mean, last guy out, shut the lights, we'll see you in London. I mean, they're not even trying, you know. Um, I watched Gardner Minshew play, and he's okay in the right offense. But a sixth-round pick, you know, small school, all that. But, you know, you you wonder, you really do wonder, like, what do people think of Winston, right? No one, I mean, we said you said this before the podcast. Well, if you want to be a starter, have the press conference, right? Like, mm-hmm. ladies picks. and gentlemen, the number one overall pick in 2015. He's got five years' experience, one winning season, thirty touchdown, thirty-three touchdowns last year, five thousand one hundred nine yards. Put your hands together for thirty interception, five fumble, Jameis Winston, and the crowd goes wild. I don't think so. 
I think that's a hard sell. And I think he's going to be in that backup market. And I don't know what his agents expected in terms of salary, but that also can hurt you, right? Um, if you're thinking you're going to get $21 million and get it over three years or something like that, uh, no. It, it's There's just not enough of those jobs left, in my opinion. So it's a humbling business, folks. I mean, think about this guy. Wins a national championship, first pick overall. Um, gets to his contract, you know, the fifth-year option comes, making a cool $21 million, has Bruce Arians in his corner, has a hell of a, of a bunch of offensive weapons, and they plays probably as poorly as he's ever played in his career. And that is how you find yourself out of the National Football League. Now, do I think there'll be somebody that'll take a flyer on him? I do. Maybe Doug Williams, you know, in Washington. Maybe they're not convinced that, Haskins, you know, is the guy who played one year college football, whatnot. But you better grab a chair before the music stops because it's looking like Winston is going to be the guy standing there, hold, you know, without a job. It's amazing how quick you can go from the penthouse crazy. to the outhouse in football. Crazy, yeah. Particularly at that position. I mean, although, you know, yeah. that was a historic season for Jameis in, 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 in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, he led the league in passing. It was historical, right? Um, you know, thirty for thirty. Yeah, that is not an ESPN uh, series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What if I told you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, someone's um, going to take a flyer on him as a backup, if nothing else, because when you have that kind of talent, you're intrigued by it. Every coach is. I can, I can change that. I can fix him. I can help him. But, but not as intrigued as I thought there would be. I actually thought that there would be a bit of a market for him. That one team would say. Ah, it's on the Bucks. I know this guy can play. He shredded us, name the day, whatever. Um, and that did not happen, you know, which goes to show you that, you know, and, and, and a big reason for it is I think, again, you know, you're not signing Jameis, Jameis Winston. This is the other thing. Are you signing Jameis Winston to be the face of your franchise, right? Because you got the off-field to deal with, and, yeah, he's he's done. he's been a model citizen for a few years now, but it's still part of his story, you know. Um, it, it's, it's hard to do. And I just think people don't see him, um, as the guy that's going to start out as their number one. And that's shocking. It's going to be shocking to him because I'm sure that him and his agents didn't anticipate that. I'm sure they thought, oh, if we don't get, you know, our big contract now, we'll, we'll get somewhere else. And that somewhere else is, is no place. I can't find it. I'm sure, I, I'm sure he'll have a job. At least I think he will. Um, but I don't think he's going to get starters money. And I don't think he's going to have a starting job. And, you know, that that's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be tough to be a, a quarterback in this league as long as he has been and, you know, have to stand on the sidelines and, and wait your turn. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, there's some geniuses out there that think that, you know, hey, this is a great opportunity. The Bucks should sign Jameis as a backup to Brady. Brady, he's only going to be here a couple of years. Learn from the goat, get more familiar with the offense. You know, sounds like a deal. Bruce Arians Except, did say he could win with Jameis Winston, so why wouldn't you say, make him your backup? Well, because it's incredibly short-sighted. I mean, first of all, 
you, you know, you're backing up the greatest of all time, which is not not a bad life, right? I mean, a lot of guys have made careers. If, if you could, if I could marry myself up to a guy who who never misses any games and was really really good, and I could kind of scrape by, you know, on the practice squad, throwing it, you know, being a look squad guy and doing an incredible job. Man, playing behind Tom Brady would be the way to go, you know, or behind Peyton Manning who had Jim Sorgi for years, right? How about Chase um, Daniel? We were talking about him. He signed Chase with the, Daniel. So, and I'm quoting from uh, SB Nation here, but he signs a three-year, $13 million contract with the Lions. Mm-hmm. If he plays that out in his career, he'll have made $47.36 million. Wait, what? That's crazy. So in 11 seasons, he's made $34.3 million. He has five starts, oh. seven touchdowns. Oh. He has made $6.8 million per game started. $4.9 million per touchdown thrown. <laughs> 230000 per pass completion and 157000 per pass attempt. Well, I could I could do the pass attempt for 150000 I'll take pass attempt for one fifty, Alex. Yeah, he's the GOAT um, of backup quarterbacks. He is. At least financially. In fact... <laughs> Well, not only finish, I think because I think I looked this up when I was doing a story on um, Ryan Griffin. Chase Daniel, I believe, has the most preseason passing yards of any quarterback in history, or he's right up there because he's Mister Preseason, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because they you don't play you don't play certain guys, you don't play the starters. Um, if you do, you play him for a very short time. And Chase Daniel, man, that's his season. He's Mister August, like he's all about it. Going to play in four games, going to chuck it all over the place. And he goes, takes a seat somewhere, and gets paid. So, like I said, it's really good work if you're if you don't care about starting. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's you know, Detroit has a guy. I mean, everybody sort of is, has a guy, um, and I just don't know if if Jameis fits there, and he's gonna have to swallow his ego ego a lot. You know, he's just gonna have to. I, and, and I think, you know, in some ways. Because it, cause it's so polarizing. There's so many fans. But, you know, if you don't know Jameis Winston, you're going to want to bring him in, you know. You want to see what this guy's about. And we're not that many years removed from the Uber incident, you know, after his rookie year. You, you need to make sure you know where he's at. And, and where I've been told he's at is he's in a great place. He's, um, you know, happy, looks great, he's lost weight. Remember last year he went up to 255 and we were all asking him why he did it and Arian said, well, maybe he wanted to build more armor. Well, now he's down. Now he's down to where he needs to be, which takes stress off that knee and, uh, you know, will make him more mobile and stuff like that. But just a just a tough, you know, situation and how fast, like you said, that you can go from starter in this league to I can't find a backup job that suits me, you know. I didn't even get the number one backup job which I think is in Chicago because I think Trubisky is, you know, about out of here. Um, you know, he played one year of college football. That was kind of a reach when they got him in the first place. Not that Nick Foles is Joe Montana, but he knows what it looks like. So a lot of movement. And, you know, we'll find out if Tom Brady actually signs his deal tomorrow. You can check it out on TampaBay.com. We follow this stuff pretty closely. Um, you know, I wrote a story – in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com for on Thursday about Montana. And there's this narrative out there, and it's not a correct one in my opinion, that you know he's, he's a horrible fit for Bruce Arians' offense. 
you know, because we know love, we know that Bruce loves to push it down the field, um, get chunk plays. Doesn't really protect the quarterback all that much. I mean, you get five out on every play. They can always bring more than you can block. Um, so, you know that that's been his no risk it, no biscuit thing, right? But everybody says, well, Brady can't do that. Well, I'm here to tell you that's a bunch of bunk. You know, first of all, it's going to be modified. You know, uh, let's just start with the fact that this is going to be hard for him. I, I think. Not so much adapting to the offense, but just you know, imagine being someplace for twenty years, mm-hmm. right? And with the same guy who's responsible for your success, and you're not just picking up football; you're moving your whole life someplace else. Which still slays me that you know, officially at least, we don't know that he's been down in the Tampa Bay area any time in the last oh, I don't know, year. But I can't believe that he would just show up one day and go, "Okay, cool, show me that, show me the area." I, I don't know that that's the case either. But the one guy that can kind of relate to what he's trying to do is Joe Montana, who I talked to actually on uh, Wednesday. And Montana had advised Brady just to stay where he was because, you know, he went through that thing with Steve Young. He had the elbow injury, and Young was the MVP, and, you know, they didn't know what to do with him. And, you know, eventually, you know, Eddie DeBarlo got involved and said, you're my starter. You can be my starter if you want to be, like kind of like Kraft did a couple of years ago when Garoppolo was – you know, was sent packing. And Joe said, no, you know what, I need to go. Um, but he had played 13 years at that point. And he was coming off like a, a really serious elbow injury. But he was fortunate because he went to a place that had a coach that he knew in, in Paul Hackett. And Hackett had been the quarterback's coach at the 49ers, and there he was in, you know, in Kansas City running his West Coast offense that Joe was familiar with. So it wasn't a big transition there. Um, but he, but he still say, said it's hard to do. When you're in a place and win four Super Bowl rings, in Brady's case, you know, six Super Bowl rings and go nine times, um, you know, it's hard to do. And he said everybody is, you know, everything is different. And what he told me was that, you know, the hardest part was getting used to the new teammates and the new receivers. Um, you don't know these guys at all. Now, we know Brady's going to get them together. He's going to get these receivers. You think you're not going to go out and want to catch passes with Tom Brady? They're all going to go, you know, somewhere in some ballpark or field, and and he's going to work his butt off. Um, but and he's going to feel pressure to perform. That's the other thing Montana says. You know, you're going to feel pressure because it's mostly internal. But um, he probably always feels that way because great players sort of feel that way. But as far as adapting to the vertical passing game. Um, I, I, I'm kind of surprised that everybody is, is kind of hung up on this because there's going to be a collaboration. There's going to be, you know, kind of a, a mending of the systems. Now, one thing I found interesting in talking to people was, you know, what you think will happen is Brady will come in here and, and they'll say, he'll say, here's my offense, learn it, you know, let's, let's call this, this is what we're going to run. And that Bruce would go, okay, that sounds good. Um, that's probably not what's going to happen. I, I think, and I've been told that Arians, you know, wants, you know, wants Brady to learn the offense, um, terminology and everything. And that they'll, you know, they'll kind of adapt it, you know, along the way. And it would be much better for Brady who has all the knowledge in the world and is the goat 
to pick up on Arian's system than to ask 20-something other players who might be at all various stages of their career. Some may be rookies, some may be rookie free agents or second-year guys, and you're going to ask 20-something of those guys to learn your offense. So in the end, it'll sort of be kind of a combination of those two things happening at once. Um, but it's something that, you know, it's something that he has to do. Uh, as far as throwing the ball, I was listening to Dan Orlovsky, and he thinks it's ridiculous. He goes, look, I, I'll put on the film for you, you know. Um, he's got 10, 15, 20-yard throws. He says his arm is still plenty strong to, to operate. And, you know, what the Bucks do with the, you know, the downhill play-action passes and intermediate and, and routes and things like that, that's what Brady has sort of adapted to. That's sort of what he's been doing in New England. He doesn't run those real long stretch plays and bootlegs and wackles and get outside the pocket and stuff. You know where he's going to be, but that plays into Bruce's strength, um, you know, sort of as an offense. I think people get this idea that, well, he's a vertical offense, so five guys just run deep. You know, you, you remember the old sound like games? Hey, everybody go deep. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they don't do that. He's not taking, he's not going to take a seven step drop, wait for five guys to get down the field and then just get blasted 30 times a game. I, I think it's, I think it's funny that people think that that's what, you know, a vertical passing game and that's why it's not a good fit. Um, but his arm, his arm is playing strong. Now he didn't, obviously when you watch Jameis with the year he had, um, you know, he threw it down the field a lot. I think he had the fourth most deep ball rates, you know, in the NFL. I think Jameis attempted 99 passes of at least 20 yards in the air. 99. That's 15.8% of his throws were down the field. That's the fourth highest in the league. Brady last year ranked 21st. You know, Oh, he's the king with, of the check down. Yeah, with just 10.1. However, that was the outlier. Here's what's interesting about that. Remember, he was complaining almost the whole game, the whole season, like these guys can't get open. <laughs> you know, they yeah. got to give me some separation. We got to get separation. However, he screams on the sideline. And he couldn't get it. So obviously the deep ball, you know, percentage went down. But prior to that, last season, um, or 2000, what was it, 2000? Yeah, 2000, last year, um, he had, you know, 14.3%, 12.2%. I mean, he's he's chucked it down there before. Even so, he went 25 of 67 for 749 yards and seven touchdowns with just three interceptions. So his rating was 97-2 when he does throw it. And so, you know, I think with the with the right protections and, and these guys, these you know, these receivers he's going to have, you're going to see Brady throw the ball down the field. Um, maybe he utilizes, you know, he, he beats you more with his head at this point than he does his arm. So when he walks up to the line of scrimmage, he's like, "Ugh, I got this." You know, he he's seen everything. He knows where the ball goes. He's going to make the offensive line better because it's going to come out of his hand. But you know, and, and Steve Young was on ESPN, and he was saying, "Look, he goes, you know, this guy is going to be like Peyton Manning. You know, he's got he's probably already in the playbook. He's going to get his receivers together, and he'll jump right into it. So he doesn't think it's going to be a problem." You know, the fact of the matter is, is that he's he's got a better cast that's going to make plays down the field for him, and and I do believe that, you know, there will be a collaboration between these guys, and at the end of the day, you know, what he's got to be careful of, and and Kurt Warner said this, 
he was interviewed by um, the L.A. Times, Sam Farmer. And what Kurt said, when he went from St. Louis, you know, to uh, Arizona, they kind of tried to do the same thing a little bit and put a lot sort of on his shoulders. And he said that, you know, you got to be careful because how much do you want to do that to your guy? He, he really thinks that that was one of the reasons that, that hurt him and forced him to retire. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, on the one hand, he goes, they give you more ownership. But on the other hand, comes all the time and effort you got to spend on it, right? Game planning, coaching, teaching other guys where they're supposed to be, uh, and well, and that may be harder this year with depending on how OTAs, how and much team time activities, and yeah, you know, how, how much of that are you going to have before training camp, if any? Absolutely, absolutely. Like these guys aren't barely like Tom will barely shake hands and then have to play in the opener for. Well, all we're not supposed to shake know. hands yet. Well, okay, bump elbows. Good point. <laughs> He'll do that. Well, maybe by that time. I don't know. But, um, yeah, and, and, and what Warner said, he goes, you know what? It starts to weigh on you. He goes, I couldn't get to sleep. <laughs> he goes, everything was about, like, I get prepared. We got to get ready. Um, you, you know, you can't really enjoy Sundays because as soon as it's over, it's like, all right, let's look at the next team. <laughs> you, know so, what? you know what's going to be interesting? I was thinking about this last night or earlier today. Mm-hmm. This is a Bucks franchise that, has been nationally pretty irrelevant for the last decade. That's a that's a very euphemistic way of saying they suck. <laughs> well, that was but, boy, that was really well done. Well, <laughs> do you have a PR job anywhere or a degree? Like you should you should call Brian Ford or or Nelson Louise or somebody and say, listen to this one. Yeah, yeah. But we're assuming they're going to be on prime time three, four, five times this year. You got to be right. You got to be a lot more four o'clock windows than the one o'clock. Yes. Per se. Yes. Going to screw my deadline right. up. I hate it. Yeah. You've got a lot of players in this team that have never come close to dealing with that. That's true too. You know, like particularly the defense and the defensive line's got a lot of experience, particularly if Indomitian right. Sue comes back and he's still a free agent. At JPP, this point. but yeah. JPP's there. Uh, Shaq Barrett's been around long enough, but he played in Denver, played a lot of games. But yeah. the whole back end of your, t- your your defense is pretty young. Yeah, they are, and and uh, they're not used to this the spotlight that they might get, and it's going to be interesting how that will affect or impact the team if it does, and and it's. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it sounds kind of, you know, oh, it's no big deal. You're still playing football. But you're going to have more reporters in the locker room. You're going to have yes. the lights on. It's going to be dark out, and everybody in the country is watching you. And well, because, you know, you're not playing in that 1 o'clock window like everybody else every week. You're, and, and you're playing with Tom Brady. That's why they're watching. Absolutely. And, and so you run a bad route or drop a ball or get get the guy hit mm-hmm. in the backfield, Man, everybody's uh, mom, you know, grandma and grandpa in in uh, Iowa is going to see that, you know, and you're gonna get your texts you're going to blow up. So yeah, there's a lot more eyeballs. But with that, the hope is right that first of all, it's exciting. You know, oh, guys can, guys can get adrenaline pumping when you're on Sunday night football and you're the only game going on or Monday night. Um, you know, so so that part's important, and you know, hopefully, it. it it raises their game. You know, hopefully you say, okay, um, everybody's watching, you know, and, and this is the, this is the norm now. And it's the norm because how many times has Tom Brady been on one of these games? You know, it's like mm-hmm. almost, almost half probably every season. So um, it's definitely going to be different. It, it is, you know, Brady's going to set the tone, but as, as far as, you know, worrying about 
hey, how are they going to fit him into this offense? That's all been stuff I think that, you know, Brady has considered, and especially with B.A. You know, he can call people and say, what was it like in Indianapolis with Clyde? And what was it like, you know, uh, you know in Arizona? And, and, and I'm sure he's done that. Again, I can't believe that, you know, we haven't seen him around town. He must have a pretty good realtor. But this guy's moving his whole life after 20 years down here. And, you know, that's, that's really something. But I think he knows he can fit the offense. I think he knows he can adjust. And I don't, I don't think it's an issue. But I, I do think they'll be running Bruce's offense. I just think it'll look different mm-hmm. in terms of the selection of plays because every, every playbook is very similar in that respect. Well, and I'm going to be very curious what they do in the offensive backfield. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't think you're going to start the season with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber as your, your top two running backs. No, absolutely not. You know, Barber won't be back at all. Yeah. He um, won't be back. He's a free agent. They don't, oh, that's they true. Don't yeah. And, and, you know, Goomba Wally's not going to be your number two. I don't even know that a Goomba Wally will make it. Right. You know, because if you don't, if, if listen, I like Dari, I do. Mm-hmm. But if Dari and Goomba Wally is your third down back or your, your, you know, your guy when you pull Ronald Jones out, you haven't gotten any better. Um, you know, there's plenty of running backs. It's a good running back draft. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have them, you know, married up, um, you know, in the first round with Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. But yeah, I, I, I you're going to get, you're going to have to have that position because right now they don't have a guy who can catch. Yeah. And, and it could be a free agent sign. It could be someone that they wait till even closer to training camp. And yeah, you know, there's always those kind of running backs that get let go in training camp and that. But, yeah. but I, you know, I, I'd be curious what they do there because we know how much Tom Brady loves the running backs, particularly those that can catch the ball out of the backfield. He does. You know, he's made a living off that, you know, for years in, in New England. He and, does. And that's and an area he, that the Bucks need to upgrade. Yeah, and I think, you know, now free agency takes on a different tone because you have him, you know, how, how you, what are you going to go into free agency with? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the draft takes on a different tone. I think it's going to be an offensive draft. I really do. I think they're going to get – Offensive lineman in this draft. I think they're going to get a running back in this draft, maybe in a quarterback. And that's the other thing. You're going to have to find somebody that's compatible with Brady in that room. I, nothing against, you know, Ryan Griffin, but, geez, you know, you're 30 years old. You, you've attempted four passes. Is Brady going to be comfortable with him, or does he want somebody who's been his backup in the past? All right. Hey, folks, we'll be following, of course, the uh, Tom Brady uh, hasn't signed yet saga and make you nervous about that as much as we can until he actually does sign. Uh, but when he does, we'll bring that to you, and as well as whatever audio there might be. I'm guessing a conference call at best. And we can't obviously got to keep our distance from him and Giselle. Um, but we'll we'll wrap that up uh, and check out TampaBay.com for the latest details. Uh, really, every day with respect to Brady, all the time. Uh, tomorrow we're gonna have a mailbag or a uh, Brady bag, if you will. So get your Brady questions ready. <laughs> It's all we're going to talk about. I mean, come on. Who are we kidding? What else is there to talk about? Well, not only is there nothing else to talk about, but when you cover a celebrity, what I found out, I was talking to Mike Reese with ESPN. I was like, how do you cover this guy? And he started, he gave me some pretty good insights, but uh, that I won't share. But, um, you know, it, it is like you are competing with the world. And, you know, all eyeballs are on. It's good. And the good thing is all eyeballs are on your work. The bad thing is all you do is work because <laughs> the cover. I mean, it's going to be a Brady beat as opposed to a Bucks beat. It really is. You need one person just to cover the quarterback. So, but we'll have our uh, our Brady bag mailbag tomorrow. Bring that. You can send your questions uh, online if you want to at Twitter on Twitter 
Um, just send them to at Sports Day TB. That's at Sports Day TB for Tom Brady. And you can reach me on uh, Twitter at NFL Stroud. And my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Ersnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 